Hello, my name is Jessica Jimeno, and you are listening to Flip Switch, the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings understand depression and bipolar disorder. Today we're going to discuss how TV has painted the bipolar person to be the boogeyman, and how the most recent episode of Blue Bloods boldly challenges that misconception. But before I get to the light at the end of the proverbial tunnel, in this case, the May 6, 2011 episode of Blue Bloods, I will read passionate comments from viewers about shows like Glee and reveal the results of the newest Flip Switch poll. One hundred and twenty-two people voted in the second flip switch poll posted on Facebook. Have you or a loved one ever been the victim of mental illness stigma? Two listeners voted not sure. Seven people voted no I have not. And a whopping 113 listeners voted yes. Sadly, I have experienced stigma. So let's do some math now using the flip switch calculator. This means that less than 2% of voting listeners are not sure, while almost 6% have not experienced stigma. Yet sadly, 93% of flip switch voters have experienced stigma due to mental illness. I will read some voters' comments in this podcast and save some for the next podcast. The only comments posted on Facebook were left by people who voted yes. One such person is Diane, who wrote, Over the years, I have watched people carefully interact with my son. Carefully is in quotes. He is just a little boy, but because he is bipolar, it is assumed that he is violent and potentially dangerous. I have learned that ignorance is far worse than any mental disorder. Wendy said she's experienced stigma at the hands of medical professionals. Agreeing with her, Jeannie said, and I quote, Absolutely, and the worst offenders were medical professionals. Well, I too have seen these backward attitudes about mental illness, especially about bipolar. I used to coach high school forensics for several years. One day at practice, one of my favorite students was on the witness stand when a student lawyer asked her, What motive could the defendant possibly have for stealing from you? The student blurted out, Well, I don't know. Maybe she's bipolar. Where do kids get such stupid ideas about bipolar disorder? Probably the same place adults get the same stereotypes. The greatest educator in America isn't standing by a chalkboard or writing our textbooks. The greatest educator in America is television. According to A.C. Nielsen Company, the average American watches more than four hours of TV a day, which amounts to 28 hours a week. This is two months of non-stop TV watching per year. The average American will have spent nine to ten years of his life in front of a television set. Ten years! Before we can understand how Blue Bloods boldly challenges the bipolar boogeyman myth, we need to examine the dark portrayal of bipolar on TV that has preceded last week's episode. A joke from the now-defunct USA drama Monk sums up the bipolar boogeyman myth. As someone who owns four seasons of the show, featuring OCD detective Monk, played by Emmy winner Tony Shalhoub, I was shocked during one of the episodes called Mr. Monk Goes Camping, which originally aired on November 6, 2009. 
Lieutenant Disher is telling stories around a campfire to a group of preteen boys in the Buddies in Blue program. Think Boy Scouts, but without the uniforms. Monk is sitting next to Disher as the campfire lights up the night sky. Disher tries to tell a scary story, but Monk keeps interrupting him to do a fact check. But Disher still scares the kids with tales of the Spider Lake maniac, a man who escaped from a local mental hospital and slit the throats of innocent fishermen using the razor-sharp hook on his left hand. The kids scream in horror. Disher says the simplest thing could set the maniac off. Monk interrupts him and says authoritatively, he was probably bipolar, which, by the way, they can treat now. There's this new drug called Lexapro. As Monk's premature diagnosis pours water on Disher's sizzling story, Disher ends by abruptly saying, So thanks to modern medicine, the Spider Lake maniac now lives in a public housing project with his pet cat and never bothers anyone. The end. The elaborate bipolar joke takes two minutes. In those two minutes, I learned people with bipolar can be set off by the simplest thing, need government assistance, should not be around other people, much less living with another human being. Oh, and I learned to stay the hell away from them because they might slit my throat. I was surprised that such a clever show whose main character has a mental illness could be so cruel to viewers with bipolar. Do the people part of this show not know anyone with bipolar disorder? Because people with bipolar make up 2-4% to of the population. A year later, I watched an equally crass bipolar joke on Glee, a show that preaches acceptance, a show whose characters come from different colors, backgrounds, and sexual orientation. 14 million people watch Glee every week. The episode aired on November 16, 2010, and was called The Substitute. Gwyneth Paltrow played this substitute teacher named Holly Holiday. During history class, she was wearing 1800-style clothing. She stood in front of class and yelled, Mary Todd Lincoln in the house. My husband was probably gay, and I'm bipolar, which makes me yell things like, that teapot spreading lies about me, or this can't be my baby because I don't love it. As she yells this, she pretends to throw the make-believe baby out of her arms. Then, a teacher knocks on the door asking to speak with her. Before speaking with him, Holly turns to the class and says, Guys, practice your bipolar rants, okay? See? History can be fun. Let me sum up the bipolar lesson from Glee. According to Paltrow's character, people with bipolar are loud and obnoxious, hallucinate and think inanimate objects are speaking to them, they are violent, they are threats to infants and children. Oh, and I also learned that while minorities, gays, and people with Down syndrome are all invited to the party, people with bipolar are not. Their invitation got lost in the mail, along with Glee's apology. The National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI, called Glee out, saying the show mocked and trivialized bipolar disorder. But even a not-for-profit as big as NAMI was not enough to make Glee director Ryan Murphy or any of the bigwigs at Fox apologize. Perhaps they should have considered the feelings of Gleeks. Gleeks is the popular term for fans of the show. On BP Magazine or Bipolar Magazine's forum, shortly after the show aired, Angelix wrote, As a fellow Gleek and a supporter of their accepting attitude, I'm very disappointed. This 30 seconds takes everything they've worked for and thrown it out the window. Their cast members are seen all over the internet promoting anti-bullying groups and suicide prevention. 
I'm afraid for their fans who are bipolar and maybe young and impressionable. If everyone should be accepted, then everyone should be accepted. Amen, Angeliques. Agreeing with you, Gigi wrote, Glee is my favorite show. When the Mary Todd Lincoln segment was finished, I was in complete shock and felt wounded. I'm not sure if I'll ever watch the show again. Let's face it. The bipolar person has become the boogeyman. He or she is to be feared, reviled, left alone. He is probably running around crazed with an axe. No, make that a hatchet. The bipolar person cannot be trusted. The bipolar person is a threat to society. The bipolar person is painted as someone lacking a moral compass, having no sense of right and wrong, capable of harming anyone at any time. Who wants to be friends with such a person? No one. The bipolar boogeyman joked about on Monk and Glee is unlovable, unworthy of compassion, undeserving of empathy. So now, we finally get to the light at the end of the tunnel, Blue Bloods. The Blue Bloods episode entitled Cellar Boy, which aired Friday, May 6th, 2011, blows the bipolar boogeyman myth out the window. Thank you, CBS, for helping us bust this stereotype. Blue Bloods is about a family involved in law enforcement. The father, played by Tom Selleck, is the New York City Police Commissioner, Frank Reagan. His son, Detective Danny Reagan, is played by new kid on the block, Donnie Wahlberg. His daughter, Erin, is the assistant DA. She is played by Bridget Moynihan. In this episode, the chief suspect's name is Ronnie. He is played by Nathaniel Marston. Commissioner Reagan and Detective Danny Reagan find out their neighbors and family friends, the Clearies, have been murdered. They stumble upon a bloody scene. The elderly couple has been bludgeoned to death. There are no signs of forced entry. Apparently, the couple knew their murderer. When two of their three children, Anne and Ale, come to the crime scene after being called by Danny, suspicion is immediately cast upon Ronnie, who is missing. We later find out from Aaron that Ronnie has bipolar disorder and a history of drug abuse. His father abused him growing up and called him Cellar Boy. Ronnie is 35 years old, and until their gruesome murders, he lived in his parents' basement. Aaron also tells us that Ronnie is now living drug-free after rehab. Detective Reagan finds evidence that leads to Ronnie's arrest. Ronnie's shoes are smattered in his parents' blood. Ronnie cannot remember the night in question. While being interrogated and in police custody, he is at turns crying like a baby and at other times shouting angrily. Eventually, Danny Reagan discovers that Ronnie's siblings murdered their parents and framed Ronnie. Annie drugged Ronnie the night of the murders. His brother Al wore his shoes while murdering his parents. In the last scene, after he is vindicated, Ronnie is calm. He asks Aaron about his siblings. How could they do this to me? How could they do this to them? As Ronnie wondered this, I couldn't help but notice an important distinction being made. The two people, without any mental illness, committed the heinous crime. But Ronnie, who has bipolar disorder, was not capable of murder. Just because someone has bipolar does not necessarily mean the person is violent or evil. To conclude, I hope to see more stories like that on Blue Bloods. I hope for a time when we can see a fairer depiction of bipolar on TV, one that inspires empathy, compassion, and understanding. You can read my blogs at the Flip Switch page. 
www.bpkids.org forward slash flip switch forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Vote in our polls. Poll results are revealed in podcasts, and I use comments from listeners in Flip Switch podcasts. Until the next time, this is Jessica Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.